Welcome back, everyone, to the All Access USL podcast. It has been about two weeks since the last episode, and uh, for a good reason. I've been a bit busy, um, busier than I thought I would be. Uh, but a lot has happened since the last episode, mainly in the playoff uh, hunt. We have seen quite a few teams um, clinch their playoff berth, and we've also seen two teams lose the opportunity uh, to play in the playoffs. They have been eliminated from contention with about five games left. Um, we'll get to that uh, in today's episode. But we have also seen a U.S. Open Cup final with a USL championship team, which is very, very big. So it has absolutely been probably some of the biggest weeks in the USL championships history. Um, and we're going to start off with what, was probably the biggest game in Sacramento Republic history, which was the U.S. Open Cup Final versus Orlando City SC. And despite the final result in which Orlando beat them 3-0 in about the last 20 minutes due to some poor turnovers and a poor penalty, I think Sacramento really embraced this event. More so than I think a lot of people thought. It was kind of a wash in the end because Sacramento just couldn't keep up with the talent that Orlando had. Like the talent that Orlando had was able to keep pressing, keep pushing for the 90 minutes. Sacramento wasn't able to hold their heads for that long. But Sacramento, I think, lasted a lot longer than a lot of people had them going. They played a pretty decent first half. They weren't able to, granted string a lot of things together, but they held on. They defended really well. They had a few opportunities go their way that maybe they could have done better on um, in the first half. But overall, it wasn't the worst that it could have gone. I think Orlando, if they were on top of their game on the day, could have won like 5 or 6 nil, based off of how clinical they were to finish off the match. And I want to say big ups to Danny Vitiello in goal. He was fantastic on the night overall the defense was great as well until like that last 20 minutes when donovan gave away uh the first goal and gave up the penalty on the second goal i I believe it was donovan i'm pretty sure it was him but the defense was very well on the night and i don't think you can fault the midfield and attack in general Uh, malik foster was pretty dangerous i would say the most dangerous Uh, forward for Sacramento on the night. He was able to get in behind a few times, have a few looks, but obviously not enough. But I don't think you can fault them because the way Orlando play and the quality that they have in midfield, it just doesn't allow for what Sacramento wanted to do and how the players that Sacramento have to get it done. So you could see the big quality gap here. And while it's going to keep growing, no matter how big the USL Championship gets, the MLS will always be bigger which sucks because I love the USL Championship, I would say, more than MLS. I love the USL Championship with all my heart. Um, So it's disappointing, but we are seeing a big rise in quality in the USL Championship, and that is here. You know, Sacramento had to go through San Jose, Sporting Kansas City, and the LA Galaxy to get here, which is no easy feat. San Jose have had their fair share of decent results this year. The LA Galaxy are a team pushing for the playoffs, 
And granted, while Sporting Kansas City are probably the worst of those three teams right now, even though San Jose are lower in the table than Kansas City, they still had to get it done against an MLS team with quality European players on it, like Johnny Russell, Daniel Shallowy, you know, very, very good attacking players who have come across, or Johnny Russell came across from uh, Europe, but very quality players that they had to get past. And they did. They held on spectacularly, and they just couldn't do it on the night against Orlando, which in the end made for a, it was a fun viewing for the first about, for the first 60 minutes when Sacramento were in it, fairly in it. But after that first goal, you could tell that it was just going to go downhill. They absolutely uh, fell under the pressure, which I honestly don't even think you can blame them because at that point, it's a Sacramento team who hasn't played an occasion like this in their team's history. So a couple playoff appearances is what they have, and just this was too much. So, yeah, unfortunately, just too much for Sacramento on the occasion today. Definitely the biggest game, even though I feel so bad. I'm pretty sure they have won. I think 2014 they won the USL Cup. I'll have to go back and look at it. But I'm pretty sure that they won it then. But I think this this would have been bigger. This would have been bigger. Uh, just for where the league is right now. I think overall you do want to win the USL Championship more than anything. But I think for right now, this would have been bigger. But I don't think... They will be upset, but I think now their full focus goes on to the USL Championship, and that will be a bigger prize if they are able to win that than this. If they are, if they can uh, get far in the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. Not sure really how to feel about this game past that. Uh, definitely, I think the expected result, even though I did predict Sacramento to win and I wanted Sacramento to win, I think this is how it was always going to be. Uh, with the big discrepancy in talent of the two sides. So maybe next year we can see another USL Championship side make it to the final and maybe fare a bit better, but we will have to wait until next year to see that. Um, so with that done and out of the way, unfortunately, uh, we move... Well, not unfortunately what we have to move on to, unfortunately for Sacramento. Uh, we move on to the teams that have clinched playoff bursts. So five teams so far in the East have clinched a playoff berth. That only leaves two more. Louisville, who are top, have clinched a playoff berth. Memphis in second have as well, alongside Tampa Bay in third, Pittsburgh in fourth, and the Birmingham Legion in fifth. It's crunch time for a lot of these teams. Uh, I, be I believe for, yeah, first gets a bye, just like usual in each conference, and then it's second, seventh third, sixth, and then fourth, fifth. So as of right now, Memphis would be playing Detroit, Tampa would be playing Miami, uh, and Pittsburgh would be playing Birmingham, with the first team I said in those being the home team. Um, not really much to it. I think it's pretty clear that all these five teams are very well worthy of these playoff spots. Um, and Miami and Detroit are also very, very close to clinching as well. Uh, Miami are one point away from clinching, and Detroit are, or, yeah, Miami are one point away, Detroit are one win away from clinching the playoffs, with Tulsa the only, Tulsa and Indy 11 being the only other sides that have 
a possibility of reaching the playoffs. Indy more so than Tulsa right now, I'd say, because Indy have two more games in hand over uh, Tulsa and can reach 38 points. They're coming on 32. If they win their next two, they'd be on 38, and they would jump over to also with those two games in hand. Uh, but I would say that it's not really likely for Detroit or Miami to fall out of the playoffs purely because of what they need to clinch and uh, what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about next. And we can bring it up right now. Uh, Tulsa losing three two to Hartford is massive. Hartford went up three nil, and this was Tab Ramos's. First game in charge, mind you, of Hartford, and he got the team going. This is a this it was a game that we haven't seen Hartford play probably since 2020. They were decent in 2020, not that great last year. They've been pretty awful this year. They're now a level. No, I think not level. They're pretty close to level on points though with Loudon and Charleston which is not great company based on how they have played this year, even though I've given props to Loudon for how they've played at points this year because of the like what their team is is and is used for, but they still have not played that great for most of the season. But this Hartford team looked rejuvenated. It looked like it had an identity. The players were fantastic. They were in it for the whole time. Some fantastic finishes in the first half all within the first 24 minutes granted it did fall apart in about the last five minutes but still a great win for Hartford in Tab's first game I don't think there's anything any flaws that I really saw in that game other than the last five minutes where they conceded the two late goals Tulsa though they don't they shouldn't technically draw a line on the season yet because they still have they still have, theoretically, a playoff spot to play for, even though it's not really in their hands now. It's in the hands of Miami and Detroit, who can clinch with them gaining points. Um, but I think Tulsa look for next season. They have done a lot of good business. They uh, traded Sean Lewis. They got in um, most... Um, they did... Oh, goodness. What am I thinking? They got in Noah Powder from... Um, Indy, which was fantastic. Um, they did trade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they made the big trade with Miami. God, is, it was a Dario Suarez or Rodrigo da Costa. I, it was Dario Suarez, I believe. I don't know why I can't remember. It's not good that I can't remember. And I'm doing a USL podcast. <laughs> it was Rodrigo da Costa, I believe. Now I'm looking it up. I don't know why I can't remember. I know. I should know. Oh, no. It was Joaquin Rivas. I am so dumb. Yes, they traded Joaquin Rivas to Miami, which was a big loss offensively. But they've still been good this year offensively. Um, and Austin Wormel in goal has been fantastic. Definitely one of the top goalkeepers in the league. That's something to look forward to for next year. Um, but I think they have good foundations for next year. And while this year isn't necessarily a scratch yet, I think there has to be a point where they also have Blair Gavin coming in, who looks to be a very good pickup and just be like, we have to go all out for next year because they've made the good acquisitions, some good acquisitions now, a few more pieces next year. And they are genuine contenders, I would say. Genuine contenders. Maybe just a bit of work defensively, and they're up there. 
Um, Hartford have some work to do, definitely defensively. Odell in goal has not been that great down the stretch in the games that he has played, so I'd be a bit concerned there. I would definitely try to find uh, someone better, uh, but we'll just have to see. And then Indy. We'll bring up Indy because they've made some good moves. You know, they brought Sean Lewis in, in goal, who is adequate. He's good. Uh, Juan David Tejada as well. Uh, they shipped off Nicky Law, which I think was a great move for Tejada as well because Nicky Law just wasn't cutting it for Indy in the role that they wanted him to be more of a progressive playmaker, and he just wasn't that. He wasn't able to find those passes. He wasn't really able to do anything that Indy wanted him to do. And Tejada has been able to fill that role pretty well since he was gone. So I think looking to next season, I think Indy, Tulsa, and Hartford all have uh, good bids for a potential playoff run, and I think we see a lot closer playoff push um, as we head into next season for sure in the East. Uh, and with that, we are going to take a quick break. All right, and we are back. And we're going to pick it back up with uh, two, three more games that I want to talk about, which are big. And then we'll talk a bit about the Western Conference. And then to finish off the episode, uh, I will talk about how I think the playoff standings are going to look as we head or as we finish up the season. So I'll kind of predict my final playoff standings. That's what I'm going to do. But first, three games. Uh, all in the West, pretty much. Uh, number one, RGV over New Mexico United 3-1, which is a almost not a surprise based off how RGV have been playing the past couple games. And it all really started with that 5-0 against Las Vegas, where we saw RGV kind of turn that knob. We saw them go from an pretty below average team to a team that can score with will pretty much just whenever they want. And they did it again against New Mexico United. And this is a New Mexico United side who are well within a uh, playoff race in the Western conference. Like they're there. They are there. They are fighting with Sacramento and those sides for a home playoff game. They are, and they're not, particularly playing bad, but RGV were just better on the day, which is pretty incredible Where you, when you see where they were like just five or six games ago. They were rock bottom of the West, really nothing in sight that made you go, they have an opportunity. And now with this win, they are within one point of Las Vegas in seventh, which is incredible. And I think that kind of just gives you the insight to how crazy the West has been. We have seen sides that looked dead and buried at points of the season. Like there was a point in the season where I thought Orange County were done for. And now, granted, they are bottom of the West still, but they're six. They're only six points off of um, Las Vegas in seventh with four to six games left. There is still a chance. Monterey Bay. There was a point at the season where Monterey Bay were bought. I'm like, there's no hope. They look lost. It's their first season. We'll give the benefit. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt, you know. But they're still there. They're playing decent. There are two teams who I think are guaranteed to just be done for the season, and I think the two will surprise you. But we'll get to that when we uh, reach the Western Conference part of predicting the playoffs. But yeah, RGV 
dropping New Mexico United. Big result for RGV. Big result for New Mexico United. Um, we shall see how both of their seasons go to round out the year. It will be very intriguing on both sides. Uh, Phoenix lose at home to Oakland, which almost seems fitting, seeing as Phoenix's new coach, Juan Cara, just left Oakland and then gets a little bit of a taste of his own medicine as they drop to 12th in the West. Not exactly where you thought they would be, but I'm going to brag a little bit. At the beginning of the season, I put out a tweet, and you can go at All Access USL on Twitter and look at the pinned tweet that says, I thought one of Tampa Bay, Louisville, and Phoenix were going to be dreadful this year. And I was correct. Now, granted, I didn't think it'd be Phoenix, but I was correct. And here they are, 12th place, 32 points, only one point above Orange County bottom of the table, having just lost another home game to an Oakland side who have, granted, been good this year, but haven't been fantastic. And Oakland brought the game to them. And that's kind of Oakland's weird quality. Oakland have games where they're kind of standoffish. And those games are, you know, games where they're not going to play well. They're probably going to get um, outplayed. Like against San Antonio, a bit standoffish. Didn't really know what they were doing. Couldn't really break San Antonio down. And San Antonio are a better team, granted, than Phoenix are at this moment. But it was also at home. They have the backing of the fans. That home field advantage that you'd want. And they just couldn't do it. And it's also because Adeneron is a clinical finisher at this level. Uh, but they brought the game to Phoenix, and Phoenix didn't want that. And Oakland took the two goals and the three points and sent Phoenix packing down the table. And now Oakland are ninth. So if Oakland were just able to keep that tenacity a little bit and just wanted to bring games to the other team, they could probably be about fifth or sixth in the table right now. Because I think they have the quality to be there. But they just haven't been able to keep the consistency that they need for most of the season to be able to do that, which sucks. Um, and alongside that game, Orange County uh, stay bottom even after beating 8th place LA Galaxy 2. Um, LA Galaxy 2 are not one of the two teams, I will say, that I think their season is done and dusted just yet. Um, they still have a chance. They're only one point off. They have been good at points this season, but... There are games like this where they just don't show up. And that is kind of a characteristic of a youth academy team. Some days they're going to be on it. The talent is going to shine through. And then some days like this against Orange County, it's just not going to be there. And Milan Oloski was just there at the right time to finish, give Orange County all three points, which is, you know, that's how it's going to happen for a youth academy team like this. But they have done their fair share. Obviously, They've been the best youth academy team, and they have been well worthy of being having that title. And I think Orange County as well have been better off having Brian Oloski back as well in the lineup because they've definitely improved seeing him come back. Uh, so very, very big to have him back, uh, especially with that connection with his brother as well. So with those games done we are going to take one more quick break and then we will go through my final playoff predictions all right and we are back from our final break we are now going to finish off with going first through seventh in each conference uh who i think will finish there and maybe a brief explanation why um i think while some of these might be a bit divisive obviously there are some who have already clinched 
Um, only one has clinched in the West, and that is San Antonio. Colorado and San Diego are close, obviously, but yes, San Antonio, the only one to have clinched in the West. I think the most divisive one is going to be who I put seventh in the West because that is the biggest if right now. So we shall see. And obviously, I'm going to save that one for last because I want to. So we'll start with, uh, yeah, we'll start with first in the East because I think that one is the biggest lock right now in the East, and that's Louisville. Louisville have, Louisville have been fantastic on the year. Uh, not really many flaws. Defensively fantastic. Morton and goal is great. The attack has really blossomed, especially with Wilson Harris and Enoch Mushugalusa, who has been really good. Um, midfield, again, fantastic. Sean Toach at center back has been a revelation with his eight to nine goals this year, uh, which is a obvious record, like breaking his own goal scoring record for a season. So he has been incredible. And I think they're able to keep it up for sure and keep that first spot. Uh, I don't see any other team really. I know they're, they're obviously close with other teams as well, but I don't see Louisville dropping that first spot. So I think Louisville stay on top. Uh, number two might be a bit different. Uh, I think Tampa Bay will jump Memphis. Memphis, while I have praised them for how well they have gelled, um, and I think their players are starting to grow even more quality-wise now. We're starting to see them jump out of this role of, you know, it's players that are just gelled really well. I think Philip Goodrum, Aaron Malloy, Trey Muse, uh, players like that are just pretty elite USL championship players now. So, yeah, very talented side now, I would say. Not that they weren't talented earlier in the season. I just think now their players have grown so much over the course of this season that we can almost consider them a pretty elite group of players now. But I think Tampa Bay will jump them just because Memphis have been a bit iffy in the past couple weeks. Uh, and Tampa Bay have been relatively consistent. So I think Tampa Bay get that second spot. Uh, they'll be looking for redemption as well following that loss to Orange County uh, last year and not being able to play the final in 2020. Um, and while they would want first place to get that by, I think a second place and a home first round game will do nicely as well. Um, and with Tampa Bay in second, that means Memphis will be dropping to third. Uh, I like them. I think they are definitely a good bid to go uh, through from the first round. But after that, not so sure. A side that feels a bit premature to where they are. I think next year they could be even better. I think next year they could even push for first in the East. But right now, I'm a bit pessimistic on their playoff run. I'm high, obviously, on their finishing off the regular season a bit strong, even though I have them dropping down to third. I still think they could do well in their last uh, four to five games-ish. But playoff-wise, bit standoffish. Not too sure what to expect from this Memphis team. So Memphis in third. Uh, that will be the second home game. And then Pittsburgh I have in fourth, which they will garner there. That will garner them the last first round home game um not really much in it i think pittsburgh are a very good side and i don't really see much switching between them and birmingham i think pittsburgh and birmingham stay fourth and fifth um i also have miami staying in sixth i am and i have detroit staying in seventh even after detroit's fantastic win 
away to Colorado Springs. I have Detroit staying in seventh. Um, and like I said, Miami will just need one more point to clinch the playoffs. Detroit need one more win to clinch the playoffs. And then that will be set. Um, there are There is still room to fight for, you know, Detroit jumping up to sixth, possibly even fifth. There is still room, obviously, for Tampa Bay to even move up to first. Same with Memphis, uh, Pittsburgh, Birmingham, Miami. Pretty much a lot of interchangeability um, in the East is still able to happen as we finish out the season. But I think it'll be Louisville first, Tampa Bay second, Memphis third, Pittsburgh fourth, Birmingham fifth, Miami sixth, and Detroit seventh, which would mean Louisville would get the bye to the second round. Tampa Bay would host Detroit in the first round. Memphis would host Miami, and Pittsburgh would host Birmingham which would be very tasty ties. Seeing Detroit head to Tampa in their first season for a playoff game would be fantastic. Uh, pittsburgh Birmingham would be a legendary game for sure. So these are not guaranteed to happen, but it's just how I think it is going to go. And then in the West, uh, right now we have San Antonio who have clinched the playoff spot. They're the only team to have done that. They haven't clinched the Western Conference title, but they are eight to nine points clear. So they are pretty much a lock, I would say. So I'd say San Antonio get that first spot for sure. Then I think there's not much movement between fourth and sixth, but we'll get to that. Uh, Colorado Springs, I think, will jump San Diego for third. Purely because San Diego have not looked great over the past um, couple games. They did just lose 1-0 away in San Antonio. And San Antonio is one of the hard, hardest places to go to play this year, granted. But they've lost three in a row. And being a team who has aspirations to push for the top two, not great. So I think Colorado Springs, regardless of that loss that they just took to Detroit, will jump them for that second spot, moving San Diego down to third. Uh, Sacramento, I have in fourth. Uh, Sacramento have been quietly good this year. I remember that I predicted that they wouldn't be that great this year. And they have really surprised me. Uh, I wasn't too um, impressed with their acquisitions, but their acqu acquisitions have been very, very good. Uh, and I think they'll continue to stay in that fourth spot, uh, which will be the last playoff, home last home playoff spot. Fifth, I have New Mexico staying there. They have been good on the season. I think they would have wanted to do a bit better, especially with who they brought in and the quality that's already in the team. So maybe a bit disappointed that they won't be able to get a home playoff spot uh, if they do finish fifth or a home playoff game. Um, if they stay in fifth, there is all, every opportunity that they could get a home playoff game if they do win out of the first round and are able to get sixth or seventh seed, but very unlikely. So disappointing not to see a home playoff game at the lab. I would... For, for me this season. I don't think they will get a home playoff game, but I do think they will finish fifth. Uh, sixth, I have El Paso. They are an incredibly hard team to predict. At the beginning of the season, terrible. You would think that they would never, they've never played a game of professional football in their life. Uh, then they just go on a hot streak and absolutely slam into the playoffs. It's like almost best team in the league kind of play and then they just gonna kind of go on this like intermediate run where they're consistently inconsistent uh for the most part and they're sixth right now which at the beginning of the season after the start they had i think they would have taken that but mm, still a team with quality that should be doing more um but sixth 
not the worst that could be happening to El Paso. And then now we have, I think, the most divisive pick. I think, even though I was so harsh on them, they have turned it around in just three to four games, which is quite remarkable. They flipped the switch. I think RGV are going to sneak back into the playoffs, back in the seventh for a second season in a row. And yes, I don't think, I know Las Vegas are there. Now, I'm not high on Las Vegas. I think they drop out, finish like ninth or tenth. I think Oakland will finish eighth and it will be very close, but I think RGV will just squeak it. And I think it will be Oakland's standoffishness that costs them an opportunity to go back into the playoffs as well. And I think RGV are going to steal that from them, which will suck, but I think RGV have this. I've seen, I think, plenty over the last three to four games to tell me that Las Vegas are past it, even though they're still seventh. LA Galaxy 2 have the opportunities, but their youth just doesn't allow them to take it. Oakland have the quality. I would say they have the better quality over RGV, but they just don't find ways to win games when they easily could. And RGV just have that it factor. They have something about them now. Maybe it was me criticizing them so hard. Their players were like, fuck, we got to pick it up for him. We got to show him. Because they've just turned it around now. And one point out, with four to five games left, I do like RGV's chances to make the playoffs. So we shall see. But those are my final playoff predictions with only a few match week match weeks left. I'm very excited. Um, the next episode will probably be a review of games happening this week. Um, and that most likely will be it. We're getting into the point of the season where teams aren't picking up players. So that's why it's been a bit slow on the Instagram. There isn't much to report. But I'll see what I can do in the finishing weeks um, heading into the playoffs. So, yeah. That is going to be it for today's episode, guys. Thank you very much. And I will see you guys for the next episode reviewing this week's games.